Amazon, the online retail giant, knows a thing or two about deepening customer relationships and using that to generate more revenue. Financial institutions also want deeper connections with their customers. This is at the heart of customer lifetime value. Joining us on the podcast this week is Tom Long, co-founder and principal at The Long Group, a strategic counselor to financial institutions. He believes banks and credit unions can use the Amazon approach to enhance customer loyalty and in doing so, boost their bottom line. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. If a bank's goal is to engage more deeply with its customers, it could do a lot worse than borrow from the Amazon playbook. Here on the podcast to tell us more about how financial institutions can put the online retail powerhouse's methods to work is Tom Long, co-founder and principal at The Long Group, a New Hampshire-based strategic consulting firm. Tom, thanks for making the time. Terry, I appreciate you having me, and uh, I thank you for the opportunity. So, Tom, perhaps we could start this conversation by bringing listeners up to speed on who The Long Group is, maybe something about who your client base is and the sorts of strategic work that you do with these clients. The Long Group has been studying the financial behavior of consumers and businesses for more than 25 years. And our database offers unparalleled insight into product ownership, financial journey, purchase intent, and uh, channel utilization. And you mentioned how do financial institutions typically engage with us? Well, we typically uh, help financial institutions further penetrate their existing markets, evaluate new markets for expansion, to deepen customer relationships, and to facilitate strategic planning. And lastly, uh, just for purpose of background, as for our clients, we essentially serve the entire financial sector with financial institution clients that range from $100 million in asset size to among the nation's largest. That's a good place to start. So every bank wants to increase its market share, and in doing so, they can boost their earnings. But obviously, this is easier said than done. Tom, as you think about it, what are the fundamentals for growing market share in an industry as competitive with so many players as banking? Well, sorry, that's a great question. And every financial institution today is really in search of uh, brand advantage, which is really fundamentally built on three principles. And that is the cultivation of brand awareness, brand familiarity, and brand favorability. Essentially, Brand momentum is established when a customer knows the brand, knows what the brand can do for them, and thinks of the brand in favorable terms. In other words, improving consideration and trial requires advancing the brand far forward in the minds of consumers. I read an article that you recently published in the Credit Union Times that opens with this sentence. The brilliance of the Amazon business model is that it can be reduced to a simple statement. So what is the simple statement that defines Amazon's business model, and why do you think it's so brilliant? So the genius of the Amazon business model is truly its simplicity, which is to improve 
the customer experience as a gateway to driving revenue. And the source of its competitive advantage vis-a-vis other retailers is that it owns a name and address on every single client that it chooses to do business with. So the question then becomes, in this customer-centric model, how do they leverage that information? They start with appending additional information, statistical, so that they can enrich their understanding as to who that client is. And then they mine and analyze it to get to a point of leverage. And when I talk about that point of leverage, what I'm really saying is that's how they operationalize the business model. That's where relevant, meaningful, and consultative offers start to appear to every one of their clients. We see that operationalized as we thought that you'd be interested in blank. And so that is the Amazon business model. It starts out with a simple thought. It takes a name and address, and it gets to a point of leveraging that to drive revenue and to improve the level of service to a customer. Let's drill down into that a little bit. Certainly, financial institutions across the board are looking to enhance that customer experience in order to be able to drive revenue growth. So how would this Amazon approach work for them? Maybe you could use me as an example. Let's say you have my name and you have my address in Chicago. Then what happens? Financial institutions share two elements of the Amazon business model. The first is the desire, as you said, to improve the level of customer experience as a gateway to driving revenue. That's synonymous with the CX experience that most financial institutions are employing today. And the second is we also share their source of strength. We today also have a name and address on every single client that chooses to do business with each financial institution, which is unique in the world of retailing. So the name and address is really the gateway to gaining competitive advantage. So what is that competitive advantage that we're looking to gain? Essentially, what we want to do is to know the market that we compete in and our clients that we compete with in that marketplace better than our competition. And if in fact we do that, we are in the best position to meet their needs subsequently. And that means that we are in a position to create the advantages in winning new business and broadening existing customer relationships. So let's discuss the steps required to acquire a personalized view of the market and your clients. And really that starts with the construction of a statistical profile of the businesses and the consumers that choose to do business with you and the prospects that lie in the market as well. That statistical profile allows an organization to then determine the life stage that that business or consumer finds themselves in. And that life stage essentially connects to their financial behavior or the market basket of financial services that they utilize. And the sequence at which they build that relationship out is called the journey that they're on. And if we can anticipate how their journey will evolve, we are then in a position to know how we will next be of service. And that's called purchase intent. And what we know that as today is a target audience or a target market. And so if in fact we now know the target audience of every single product line that is of interest to the financial institution, there's one step left, and that's to go back and take that same physical address and marry it or connect it 
to the addressable digital environment. And that allows for a one-to-one communication. Tom, this sounds like it's a pretty data-intensive process that you're describing. So let me ask you a scale question. This Amazon model we've been talking about, can it work cost-effectively for any financial institution, regardless of its size? The general theme is to further penetrate existing customers. And here's where you peel back to the Amazon business model to determine what is relevant and personalized uh, to make very specific one-to-one offers to your existing client base to move them along the growth path. And generally speaking, if we look at financial institutions, various sizes that we do business with, we've been able to lift account sales uh, by 45%. Earlier in our conversation, you described Amazon as having a consultative business model that's a key to their success. So what, what do you mean when you say that? And do banks generally have consultative business models as well? Or is that something that maybe some have and others would have to develop? I think generally speaking, uh, the banking industry has a long history as auditors, takers. And as a result, customers have really dictated the engagement and in large part still do. Let me illustrate what I mean by that. We've done an analysis which actually looks at account ownership and uh, tenure or the duration of that relationship. And what we've found in that analysis is that every single financial institution has two types of clients contained in their client file. Uh, One, which we classify as transactional purchasers. They maintain one or two balance sheet accounts with that financial institution and those that maintain a relationship with them and they maintain three or more. And not surprisingly, uh, those that maintain a relationship with them are there more than twice as long in terms of duration than those transactional purchasers. And because of their tenure with the institution, they're there to purchase additional products and services. So those financial institution clients that maintain a relationship with them are essentially driving the development of that financial institution's balance sheet and earnings, where the transactional customer is the source of their attrition and their required replacement strategy. So why is this important? I think it's important because in our research, the typical financial institution, three out of every five customers are transactional clients. And in our research, it takes more than a decade on average for an institution to acquire that relationship-altering third account. And a decade later, those transactional clients are no longer present in their client file. So what is it that we can do about that? Well, I think that the journey tells us that we need to compress that sales cycle so that we can acquire loyalty. And that means we really need to operationalize that Amazon business model. And that means that we really got to launch some personalized, relevant, meaningful, and consultative conversations with our clients that are at risk of departure. And if, in fact, we do that, we will be living in the world of Amazon where we will be using the customer experience to drive additional revenue gains. When you lay it out like this, it sounds pretty logical. It sounds like a pretty straightforward path toward greater customer loyalty. I would expect the banks 
have access to the data needed, either in-house or through you or another source. So why is this approach to relationship deepening not conventional wisdom already? Well, I think the answer really is threefold, uh, time, talent, and treasure. And so let's break those conversations into those three components. Uh, from a time perspective, I think the perception is that it's going to take years to put a system like this in place, when the reality is that a system like this can be put in place in probably a 90-day period. The second is talent. And I think that the perception is that it's going to require a specialized workforce, and it's going to be difficult to acquire, train, and retain them. However, this can easily be outsourced in part or in total. And the last is treasure. And with the perception that it's going to take specialized talent to get the job done, and with a perception that it's going to take years to develop, I think the perception is that it's a very expensive process to undertake. And I think that's probably the most revealing part of this conversation here today is a marketing intelligence platform really can be delivered for the cost of a postage stamp per household. So it is economical. It seems that there's a COVID-19 influence on pretty much every aspect of banking these days, be it customer service or data security right on down the line. So where does the pandemic reach into the sort of work that you're doing on branding and competitive positioning? Maybe a simpler way of asking that is, are you talking to your clients and your prospects any differently now than you were back in March or April? With few exceptions, financial institutions rely on their branch system for sales. And 75% of all that sales volume is derived from existing customers. So as we look at COVID-19 and the stay-at-home order that was instituted as a result of that, financial institutions shut their branch lobbies across the nation. And if you're an average financial institution, you've seen a transaction volume at your branch network decline by somewhere between 30 and 40 percent. And that means that electronic banking has significantly grown in importance. So there's certainly been a behavioral change. And the question is, you know, uh, what does that mean for financial institutions moving forward? And I think what it means is that we're going to have to prospect more intelligently to be able to deepen customer relationships and build the advantages that we talked about in terms of tenure and loyalty. And we're going to have to target with more precision to win new business to the institution. And we're going to need to do it more economically than ever before. Tom, given the competitiveness of the banking industry, what would success look like for banks that embrace this Amazon approach that we've been talking about? I mean, no one bank stands to emerge as dominant a force as Amazon is in the online retail world, right? Terry, I'd agree with that. There's 10,000 banks and credit unions serving the businesses and consumers across this nation. And so the market is indeed uh, cluttered competitively. We've talked a little bit about uh, the importance of adopting that Amazon business model uh, to improve the customer experience as a gateway uh, to driving revenue. And I think with the CX initiative that's embarked upon by nearly every financial institution, we're there today. The execution remains the challenge. So as we start to think about you know, what this means to financial institutions, I'd end with a couple of thoughts. One is, what should they be focusing on? And I would say that every financial institution really should keep their eye on three things, household penetration, retention, and share of wallet, each collectively will define the vibrancy of the brand. 
And then I just end to the podcast listeners today with just one thought. And that is that every financial institution needs a data strategy. And what I mean by that is we need a strategy to translate data into information, to translate information into knowledge, to translate that knowledge into very specific strategy, and then to translate that strategy into action. And I think that's really what the Amazon business model talks about. It tells us that there are certain benefits to focusing on the customer and its experience as a way to drive that revenue. And it tells us to take advantage of the opportunities that are present to us because we too enjoy a good name and address on every single client that does business with us. And our point of leverage is gonna be operationalizing that conversation with personalized, relevant and meaningful offers. And all of that starts with just a name and an address. So Tom Long, co-founder and principal of the Long Group, our thanks again for your time and your insights on how financial institutions can more effectively use customer data to gain a competitive advantage. Thank you, Terry. A few takeaways from today's podcast with Tom Long. Tom says the genius of the Amazon business model is its simplicity using the name and address of its customers as the jumping off point for improving customer experience and driving revenue. Financial institutions also have the name and address of every account holder. From there, he says, the game is to apply next level data to determine the customer's needs and then target them with relevant offers to deepen the relationship. But in order to deepen the relationship, there has to be a relationship in the first place. The Long Group's analysis finds that three out of every five customers fall into the category of transactional purchasers. In other words, limited loyalty. Getting that customer into a long-term relationship can typically take a decade, if it happens at all. Tom says the Amazon model may compress the sales cycle and create a better chance for a relationship. And finally, financial institutions have long relied on their branches for sales, and who knows what branch networks will look like post-COVID-19. So what might be the new main engine for generating new revenue? Tom counsels FIs to stay focused on three factors, household penetration, retention, and share of wallet. They also need a strategy to convert customer data into actionable information. That, he says, is the Amazon model in a nutshell. Thank you for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor of BAI. We invite you back next week for more insights on important issues to the financial services industry.